Dave, hmm? this week's guest is a local Chicago legend. He's a civic treasure. He is. Yeah. And he was on WGN for 35 years. Yeah. And uh, WGN, for people that are not in Chicago, is the biggest station in Chicago and has been. I think this is this year. is their, the, their 100th year. 100th right. year. Yeah. So Nick DiGilio, uh, he, 35 years, unceremoniously was dumped. Yep. Because radio is a great business. <laughs> right. We'll get into that, I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, he got whacked. And what do, what do people do when they get whacked? They start podcasts. Yeah. And, and he's going to be part of this uh, great podcast yeah. network. And we'll find out more about right. his upcoming show. Uh, we'll do it all here live from the Pristine Operator Air Studios in beautiful downtown Mount Podcast, Illinois. And Nick, uh, if you're listening, when we have our events, our big Radio Misfit Convent, we get the strawberry danishes. Right. right. The Rick and Dave, we get first crack right. at the right. big... Hands off! Yeah, right, exactly. Hands off! Rookie! <laughs> That's uh, coming to you next. But first, listen to this other fine opi show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. I'm glad this is something we can't be fired from, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Are you positive about that? Well, you got to listen. Yeah, let's see if this show is a fireable offense or if there's something in it that is. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. All right, Dave, this is uh, this guest this week is what we call around here a local Chicago treasure. <laughs> Uh, he's a was a fixture like, like at, uh, dibs and potholes. Is yes, very much, so, very much in that vein. A fixture at WGN Radio uh, for many years, the the biggest station in Chicago. I think thirty five years uh, before they cut him loose. Terribly, we're still upset about it. Uh, please welcome to the show, Nick DeGilio. Nick, how are you? Dibs, really? <laughs> but the nice dib, not just the plastic mannequin nib, dibs. You know, no, the whole dine. I get. I'm the whole dinette set. I yeah, got it. I'm yeah, good. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now we're having Nick on the show for a couple of reasons. First, uh, I got about a thousand radio questions for you as someone who's followed your career for many years. Uh, but let's start with the new podcast because. You're the latest addition to the Radio Misfits family. Your new yeah. po- your new podcast, cleverly titled the Nick D podcast. Took <laughs> yeah. a lot of thinking, <laughs> and it will be part of our. Did you use an, Did you use an internet name generator? For it was. That? I'm. T- it's exactly what I did. I called so many people to get advice, and uh, everybody said, well, "Why don't you just you know right. use your name, jackass?" Yeah. I mean, that might. <laughs> and it's probably so. the way to do it. Why don't you tell us about what that show is going to be like? What what you're what you're going to be offering? How often it'll post? That sort of thing. Okay. All right, cool. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to be a part of uh, Radio Misfits. Um, You know, I met with Ed and, uh, you know, it seems like a good fit. I can't wait to be a part of it. And I'm so happy to be, you know, to be able to work with guys like you and everybody else who works on the on the network. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, the show itself, the podcast itself is going to be very much like my, uh, you know, the the overnight show that I did on DN. ton of really great guests that were regulars uh and we covered the world of pop culture um and i'm going to bring those guests with me um one of my uh partners on the show that i had uh, she did traffic on my show for many years uh her name is esmeralda leon she's going to oh, be a regular great. on the show fantastic 
Yeah, Esmeralda's going to be on as a regular, and all the regular features that we used to do on the show, we're bringing back. Um, and it's going to be very, very similar to 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 my radio show, uh, except instead of nightly for five hours, it's going to be twice a week for about two hours a show. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, but bringing back a lot of the, a lot of the regular guests that we used to do, and I'm going to review movies, um, as I've done for, you know, for 35 years, and that's going to be a part of it, uh, as well. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's just going to be good. And I, I needed to get back out there. It's been a while since I, since I did anything and, uh, and it's, but it's going to be what, what, what was fun about doing the show on GN is going to be what the podcast is all about. And I get to swear a little, so I'm, 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 I'm excited about that. Now, just for old time's sake, you're gonna you're gonna tape it at like two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that was always that was always an easy way to not get good guests. <laughs> there was true. like uh, so, and then sometimes if I there was a guest that I really wanted to have on, I'd have to get there early, record it, and then play it back. Not to not to you know spoil anything or anything, but sometimes those interviews were taped at three what? o'clock in the morning. What? Yeah. I know. I don't mean to break illusion or anything. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna tape in the afternoon and uh, you know and do it then. And uh, and we're, we're you know we're thinking about doing some uh, a, a couple of live podcasts. I have uh, a, a friend of mine um, who is going to provide a place for us to, and we've been talking about doing some live podcasts to get an audience out there and things like that. So it's going to be. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very excited about it. So it's two shows, two hours. So that's four hours. So you are working. What eight times harder than we are? I think. I oh, is that right? Is that right? I feel like I'm sloughing off because I was doing five hours a night, five nights a week for a while. So, right. uh, uh, but yeah, no, no, it's going to be it's it's going to be two, uh, roughly two hours. It could go longer between two and three hours, uh, something like that. And, yeah, uh, all the it's other be, great thing about doing a podcast is. You don't have to live by the time. It's That's like, you know. Exact, exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. You if don't go, have to hit we, the if, commercial break at 13 exactly, minutes after. Yeah, and every five seconds I don't have to say, hey, you're listening to this. Right. It's 27 degrees. Right. right. <laughs> um, I don't have to do that crap. But the, the other thing is it's like just those two – those two a week that we're gonna that I'm gonna start with the Nikki podcast. They're gonna ro- they're gonna drop um, on the network and everywhere you can get podcasts on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, every Tuesday and Friday, okay. and then after a couple of months, I'm actually going to launch a second uh, podcast I've, I've been working on, and you know, and and the lovely folks at uh, Radio Misfits said that they would like to do that one too, and it's going to be specifically about um, Saturday Night Live. Is, um, is oh, it wow. called the Saturday Night it's, Live podcast? No, it's Day? called no, no, no. I actually, this is actually, you know what? This one's actually kind of a clever title. Okay. I think it's called that show hasn't been funny in years. Oh, oh, that is, that is uh, much better. Except I love the show. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think it's great. I think it's great. The reason why I wanted to do this is because I have I've been watching Saturday Night Live literally since the first show in October of 1975. Yeah, I tape, it every, I tape it every week still. I, yep, so I watch you, it every what week. Were you nine I, years old? Nine I, was, uh, I was I was I was 75. Yeah, October was 10. Yeah, okay. I was 10. And that was around the same time I discovered Richard Pryor and around the same time I discovered Monty Python. And so like it was real seminal for me. It like formed my comedy that year. You know, my dad's the guy who turned me on to Python. Um, wow. You know, yeah. Your, your no, dad is not our dad. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was funny because I remember my dad, I was watching, I think I was watching 
maybe it was Welcome Back, Cotter, or some stupid-ass show. And I was watching it, and I was laughing, and my father was sitting in the room with me, and he just kind of looked at me. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell are you laughing at? And I was like, this is funny. He's like, listen, buddy, let me explain something to you. Uh, I'm going to sit you in front of the TV Sunday night at 1030, and we're going to turn on Channel 11. Um, and then you'll learn something. Yeah. <laughs> so, and they will uh, never be up your nose with a rubber hose. No, never again. Yeah. Never again. I will be, you know, I will actually be the twit of the year, but that's a whole different, that's a whole different thing. But no, so, so yeah, the Saturday Night Live thing, I just have all this insane, useless knowledge of SNL in my head. And I thought, what the hell? You know, I love talking about it. I'll get some guests on. We'll talk about it. And, I, and there's 47 years of material. There. Right. That's a great idea for a show. Yeah, so we're going to launch that one probably in March or something. So, And then the contract dispute will happen, what, in around the middle of June or July? <laughs> yeah, I've got it penciled in for, yeah. like, uh, April 1st. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, contracts. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's get – yeah. But no, it's, I'm just very excited uh, about the freedom of it, and uh, I'm, I'm just excited to get back out there and and do it, you know? I mean, I've, you know, you got to get your reps in. It's been a while since I've been since I've been able to, to do this, so. Do you want to practice swearing on this show yeah. just to get it out of your <laughs> Can system? I? If yeah, is it possible? Because I would just, just, I would like to officially, I would just like to officially say fuck. Yeah, That's thank you. There it good. is. Okay, good. They're good. Has, good. To, has uh, Ed told you about the Rick and Dave $69 a month surtax <laughs> that you have to <laughs> I'm just curious. It's in the fine print of the uh, see, see how they sneak up on you <laughs> yeah. with this? shit yeah okay so rick tells us or tells us well actually me but i have multiple personalities evidently you you live in my neighborhood you an old irving guy or where are you i'm I'm, i am i I can look out the window of my apartment right now uh and see the kennedy oh my god Oh my, yeah, we. I live in yeah. older. I, we. I live. I'm not going to tell you exactly where. Well, I you can tell. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but we're right. Okay. Uh, we're right on basically Keeler and Irving. Uh, I could. I could walk over right. I could literally. I could literally skip over to your place right <laughs> really? now. Really? That's awesome. That's how close. I'm not kidding. That's how close we are. How, I, how are you in snow, <laughs> snow shoveling? I'm just curious. Can <laughs> right, you? exactly. <laughs> you really need well, to read that contract that you signed. Yeah, oh, is that, oh now I got to do snow shoveling. Okay. All right, cool. I mean, I'd cook, I'd cook for you guys. That'd be fine. I'm not real good with snow shoveling. Only the one space, and then we've got dibs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then that's me. And yeah, that's exactly. me. I, I, I sit outside and then hold the spot for you because I'm dips. Yeah. Exactly. No, literally, we are unbelievably close right. neighbors. That's uh, And I'm sure you're a smoke barbecue guy. Uh, oh, my God. Are yeah. you kidding me? That's yeah. Right. Uh, no, it's on. It's I mean, it was, you know, when I first moved in here, when I first moved, I've been living in this place for uh, over 10 years, just over yeah. 10 years now. And um, and when I first moved in, I mean, I used to go there, you know, it got to the point where it was they were they were like, right. get the hell out. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> loiterer. You, eat something else, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. But, yeah, no, smoke is legendary. The yeah. place is great. It's fantastic. So. Yeah. As you know, Old Irving is one of our headquarters of our Eckhart's Press Publishing Empire. Uh, I do know that. Yes. So, and you're a big radio or a big movie guy that we were talking about. Why don't you write a book about your favorite or least favorite movies? Although we do have one coming out already. Yeah, but well, but, but not by Nick. No, not by Nick. But, yeah. Oh, uh, oh wait. Oh, oh, really? Would you like to plug that? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't remember what it's called. Do you remember what it's called, Dave? But, no. <laughs> 
Yeah, no. Well, well, you don't even you don't remember yeah, what it's called. I was gonna, and now you want me to get a book with you? Well, guys? it's not it's not uh, it's not out yet. It's not out. Oh, yet, okay, so. okay. So it, no, it, it may change. It's, title. it's a book that's going yeah. to really. Um, uh, go into the worst mistakes, Oscars worst. Mistakes. Yeah, it's about Oscars, but and, you, and that's oh, not, really, that's not really mistakes. your area, is wait, it? The uh, Oscars, wait, Oscars worst mistakes. Yeah. Yes, basically. Are you sure? And this is only one volume. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's not enough paper in North America to be. Able Good to lord! That. You know, you and I share a uh, uh, least favorite movie, or one of your least favorite movies is also one of my least favorite movies. Which which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, for Christ's that sake! Is such a piece of crap oh. and i hate that character so much i hate that he first is, Bueller character so much he's the most despicable character in the history of cinema i i think Rafe finds character in schindler's list is more likable. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, who's the guy who played hitler in downfall right, yeah, right. yeah much, exactly. much 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 like much more likable no i hate that movie i hate it with every fiber of my being and i know it's like um well, you know, I know it's sacrilegious to say that as a lifelong Chicagoan. And, well, you know, I know. I'm supp- so this just happened to me. I was at a party uh, over uh, on New Year's Eve and we were talking about movies that, uh, you know, that you don't like that other people love. And I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned Ferris Bueller and people like walked out of the room. They're oh, no, I know. They're like mad at I, me. Yeah, no, no. People get pissed. I don't understand it. I just think he is the most despicable character he is just such a spoiled rotten bastard exactly um you know everything despicable about a spoiled rotten north shore jagoff bing ding 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 and and, i mean he treats his friends like like dicks he's he's just he's an evil character and i hate i hate him and it's and it and it celebrates that kind of behavior you know know. and and the the interesting thing was one of the last things that you remember you know justin kaufman right yeah Mm -hmm. sure justin was on um uh, wgn they canned his ass too uh um justin was on before me he was he was on before me for a while uh and he had the time slot before mine and he did this thing one of the last things he did um when he was on he did this uh like a tournament, like a, you know, the NCAA tournament that you do uh-huh. when you have, when you have brackets, well, he did the battle of the Chicago movie brackets. Uh-huh. And I went in one night to defend, uh, well, to, to rip apart Ferris Bueller. Cause somebody was going to defend Ferris Bueller. And I was going up against someone, you know, they had Ferris Bueller and I had risky business, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. And the argument was, well, how can you like risky business, which is about a spoiled North shore kid, you know, uh, you know, who, who gets, you know, who, who gets into Princeton, you know, at the end of the movie. And what people fail to realize is that risky business is negative about that. Right, like, right, he, right. you know, yeah. like, like he gets into, you know why he gets into Princeton? Cause he, he lies to his parents and he becomes a pimp. That's how he gets <laughs> into Princeton. And it's done. And it's the, the ending of that movie shows the total corruption of this kid. And it's not played for laughs. It's not funny. It's not, they don't do anything like that. So, but anyway, I got crushed though. Like I went in there and I was supposed to defend and the listeners would call in or they, and of course all the listeners went with the jerk who liked Ferris Bueller instead of, yeah. instead of me. And I was correct, you know, but well, yeah, no, I hate Ferris Bueller and that's, and seriously, you're, you, you know, the, the, 
the reaction that you got saying that you don't like Ferris Bueller, that happens to me every time I mention how much I hate that movie. And I hate that movie. It's, I, I think it's the second worst movie ever made. <laughs> wow, you hate it more than me. And that's saying something. I, yeah. You know, Richard Roper, who, uh, you know. Oh, he loves fellow, it. He loves that movie. Oh, yeah, he loves it. And he's, he's a couple years older than us. I mean, I was 23 or something like that when that movie came out. I was yeah. out of college. Mm-hmm. And I, I was rooting for the principal. Yeah. And I, and I was too. like a pot-smoking hippie at the time. You know what I mean? But anyway. so uh, No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, hate, I so hate that movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but you know who I... Alan Rock, you know, who plays... Uh, Alan Rock. Plays Ferris's yeah. best buddy. Have you seen Succession? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's great. He's Listen, great. Here's, the, here's the thing about Alan Ruck. Outside of Ferris Bueller, and first of all, that Jagoff is wearing a Red Wings jersey yeah, yeah, yeah. in that yeah, movie. Yeah, so I, I don't. Right. What is that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good, uh, good point. Well, it's because John, I guess John Hughes' uncle or a relative is a big uh, Red Wings fan, and so he put that in there for him. Okay. You can't put. You can't have a character you're supposed to root for wearing a goddamn Red Wings jersey <laughs> in a Chicago movie. You can't do that. But no, Alan Ruck. To get back to Alan Ruck, you know, except for Ferris Bueller, he's fantastic. I, I, I mean, I loved. I love him in Succession. Oh my god, he's and, and I love him in Speed. He's fantastic in Speed in the in the yeah. Keanu Reeves movie. It's great in that too. So, so you mentioned second worst movie. What's the first worst movie? Oh God, Natural Born Killers. I I never I wanted to I literally we're the luckiest person in the world I literally wanted to murder somebody (laughs) I wanted to be a killer after I saw that movie I hated that movie hated it but yeah that's my that's that's the movie that I hate the most but but Ferris Bueller's right nipping at its heels like god Okay, before we get off of movies, now we went into like a wormhole that I wasn't expecting to go to, but what the hell? It's a podcast. Right. We can do whatever yeah, we want. Exactly. Uh, hold on. We've got uh, <laughs> uh, 22 weather. minutes after the end. <laughs> right. Uh, All right. That's right. Uh, but uh, the, uh, I went to a film once that you showed at, uh, I think, in Rosemont. Um, yeah, I used to I used to have a film club that I would show movies at at the well now it's an AMC right but it used to be it used to be Movico and it used to be Carmike and I I yeah I did the film club there uh, the first Tuesday of each month for I guess I did it for about six years six seven years well I went to the one you did uh, about the Beatles movie uh, I want to hold your hand I think it was oh, called absolutely no. yeah that yeah. I want to hold your hand yeah yeah, yeah. And that's a movie that uh, came out in the late seventies and it wasn't a yeah. really uh, the Beatles weren't in it it wasn't you know but it was about people trying to get tickets to that show and I remember that movie coming out and I saw it and I absolutely loved it and then it disappeared. And yeah. I would be talking to people about it, and it was I. I started to question whether or not it really existed. Did I dream that? The, the bag of mushrooms was that? The, <laughs> and then uh, you see that you're you're showing it at the thing, and I went and saw it, and brought my wife, and 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 she loved it too. And the thing that I I really I think I became a fan of yours that day. Uh, more so than even before because of your love of these character actors. I mean, we're just talking about Alan Ruck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know who these people are by face. You know them by name. Yeah. And, I try and, to, yeah. And it's like uh, this is part of who you are. You're just a, the champion of the little guy in these movies, and I love that about you. Oh, uh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm glad that, you know, you were able to come out and see that. And one of the reasons I showed that movie was because, indeed, you know, it died when it came out at the box office. Yeah. And the guy who made it, speaking of Chicago, right. uh, is 
is Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, a little known director. Little known director who would go on to do little things like, you know, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and stuff like that. Yeah. But like he couldn't get anything made. Spielberg produced that movie. He was friends with Spielberg and Spielberg produced I Want to Hold Your Hand. Um, and produ- he also the next movie that he made that Zemeckis made, which in my opinion is the funniest movie of all time. And that's used cars with Kurt Russell. Oh, that's great. I love that yeah. movie. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and, and then that bombed and, you know, uh, but yeah, but the reason I showed, I want to hold your hand was because we were doing a, a, a like a four month festival of Zemeckis's movies. Um, and so we did a whole thing called Zemeckis fest, but I, I picked, I want to hold your hand simply because what you're saying, nobody's seen that movie and it's yeah. great. Yeah. And it's really funny. And again, filled with great character actors and, and all kinds of really cool stuff. And, and I don't know. I, yeah, I love that movie. I'm glad you were able to see it on the big screen. So, yeah. Well, if, yeah. If you haven't seen it, people go out and try to find it. It's a, uh, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Now uh, we should talk about, uh, you know, how people know you here in Chicago. You made your mark uh, with your late night show. WGN and, and, yeah. and listeners of that show I don't even you probably know this but uh, they are so friggin' passionate about your yeah. show and as a media writer I can tell you that I got tons of requests from readers all the time asking me to interview you you uh, Stephen Johnny Eddie Schwartz who I worked with at the loop you're legends with that third shift crowd that's I mean Larry King got his start there what what are your thoughts about late night radio in general do you think that it's going to go i mean if we're listening to wgn now they i don't even they've got some syndicated thing on at night they're not even live anymore yeah do you think that late night radio is in trouble is it going to go away i I think personally i think a lot of radio is in trouble i think uh, terrestrial i think i think terrestrial radio in general is in trouble that's just me but definitely late night especially at the station i mean especially at gn it's a nightmare there now i mean it's just unbelievable i don't i try not to listen because i you know i i want to put my foot through the fucking radio if i do (laughs) yeah um but it's like like right wing talk now yeah no, it's ridiculous. It's uh, it is ridiculous. Uh, Although Landecker's even... is great. Well, Landecker, yeah, Landecker. Uh, yeah. You he's know, I mean, well, he's not late night though. Right, he's on right, seven to right, ten. Right, um, right, right. But but yeah, but no, no. Listen, here's the thing about uh, yeah. Um, as someone who listened to it a lot when I was a kid, and I know that sounds really weird, like you know, a young kid listening to talk radio. Um, I would listen to you know uh, I would listen to GN I would listen to IND I would listen to guys like Dave Baum yeah. um, and and Clark Weber and you know obviously Eddie Schwartz and then you know and then up to to Steve and Johnny but I was a late night I listened to talk radio a lot even when I was a kid and I know that's geeky and weird yeah, do you have any you know, friends <laughs> no <laughs> yes I had friends I had his name was Dave Baum yeah. <laughs> Roy Leonard I love that guy and he talked to me through the speaker um, <laughs> no but the Here's the thing about about you know radio and talk radio and what made WGN special back in the day when it was a special radio station is that the, there was a connection that the audience had that the listeners had with the hosts and with the people on that station. Um, at at the at its best, WGN was a, was an inclusive radio station that made you feel like you were part of a family um, that brought you in and the listeners were respected and they were really loved. And there's not a time slot that's more true uh, than that, than overnights. Yeah. Um, the One of the reasons why I treasure doing overnights, and when I got the overnight, because I did a lot of uh, part-time stuff for a long time. I did. I had weekend shows for many years, and I would do fill-ins, and it wasn't until 2013 that I finally, after all the years, got the full-time Monday through Friday overnight shift. 
Um, and but by the time I'd done that, I'd already established late night weekends and fill-ins and stuff. But there's a, there's something about and 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 when I got the overnight shift, the full time overnight shift, suddenly there were openings earlier in the day. There were day parts that opened up. Um, like certain people would leave, and they offered me, you know, seven to ten. They would offer me earlier earlier slots, and I always refused. I mean, I was offered by management to change my time slot to a time that wasn't overnights. And right. every single every single time I was offered that, and I was offered it a lot, I would always say no. I wanted to be third shift. I wanted to do the overnights. Mm-hmm. And the reason because of that is because I think it's a very special a special time. Um, and I, I, it's a very intimate time. Um, a lot of people who listen late at night, either they're at work. Um, and you know, a lot of people who work overnight, sometimes, you know, that they have to, you know, they're security guards or they do, uh, really jobs that they're not really happy about. I mean, it's the middle of the night, you know? Right. So you become, you become a companion. A lot of people who listen late at night, uh, are older and they can't sleep. Um, some people just have babies and they have to be up in the middle of the night. Some people are just lonely. Some people are depressed. Some people are really sad. Um, some people, myself included, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Some people are having major issues dealing with those kind of things. And to have that voice in the middle of the night, you know, talk to you and and invite you to call in, it's a special time. And the connection that you have with those people at that intimate time, at say three o'clock in the morning when someone's laying in bed and they can't sleep, you can't recreate that in any other day part. You just can't. Um, and so the reason why so many of my listeners are so passionate, you know, about the show and love it so much is, is one of the reasons is because it was such an intimate time and you feel more connected to that person. And I wouldn't want to have it any other way. That's why I stayed with the overnights because I cared about those people who were up in the middle of the night who wanted to be entertained and have a lot of fun. And, you know, I tried to keep my show non-political. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and I didn't want to do that. And that was that was that was, that was very difficult uh, around 2016. Yeah. It became it became very difficult. Um, and and so but, you know, I tried to, you know, they got that during the day. Let them hear that during the day. Um, I wanted to keep it sort of fun and and, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So but there is a connection that you have with the listeners in the middle of the night that you don't have at any other time. And that's a very special thing. And I never once took that for granted and that was you know and, I, and i'm not i'm not bullshitting i'm being very sincere about that when i say that i cared about my listeners i cared about that time slot and it it, I'm, it meant a lot to me so i think that's why people are so they feel so connected you know one of those people that i interviewed uh who mentioned you by name uh during the interview was fred winston who oh, uh, yeah. lives in uh, Michigan, but uh, is one of yeah. those guys that has a trouble sleeping, and you know he'd get up in the middle of the night. His dog had you know issues, and so he was up listening all the time. And yeah. he he loved your show. I Fred 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 was kind enough. Fred, the guy's a legend. I used to listen to Fred all the time before I before I got into you know before I professionally got into radio. Well, I don't even think I ever was professional, but before I got into radio. <laughs> um, so some of the other people that would call uh, uh, you know on the show on the overnights uh, were really you know they were much better at their job than I was. And so I always felt like whenever somebody really like Fred Winston would call in, I'd be like, oh hell, I want people that are good to be listening to my show, and then there's. <laughs> They're, they're going to think I suck. I don't want, you know, I don't want that. But it was always a thrill to have those people call. I was always surprised at, you know, the, the, the kind of people that would listen late at night. And then I would think about it and say, well, you know what? Everybody gets up at four o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah. I'm in my fi- I'm in my fifties. And yeah. now, you know, I go to the bathroom right. about 15 times right. a night. Right. So, you know, 
So, but yeah, no, I was the, the overnights were special and, and it was always surprising, uh, you know, the, the people that would listen, you know, and, and become regulars almost on the show. You know, GN is like, like we've, we're all about the same age and you're right. WGN was, I mean, the starship. Yeah, right? it was. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, I don't know what it was, maybe two years ago. I don't know. When did they take the, the WGN walk of the hall of fame or the circle thing and they they that would be the walk of fame yeah, thanks a lot I'm, I'm i was part of that i appreciate that uh, so they uh, <laughs> you big know, fans big fans of the walk of fame yeah i bet you were i bet you were so they, by the way i got my i got my plaque they sent well, it to me that's what we were gonna ask yeah you. well and yeah i remember vividly those that picture that looked like the cemetery of oh yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah yeah so what did they talk to me because well, i don't quite it, remember what happened Okay, well, you mean you're talking about what happened with the plaques? Yeah, yeah the, I mean, okay. yeah, when they sold well, the, the building. Well, the idea was, when they, the idea was, you know, the, the, the initial idea was, it, it was an, an idea of Jimmy DeCastro's. Right. Uh, you know, when Jimmy DeCastro came in and started running GN back in 13, um, they thought it would be kind of nice to, you know, pay tribute to the to the great people that worked at, at GN and the heritage and the people that had worked at GN. I mean, there's some legends. Yeah, like this in, year is the 100th anniversary of WGN. 100th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, every year they were going to induct people to this Walk of Fame and put a beautiful little, you know, a beautiful plaque embedded into the sidewalk in mm-hmm. front of the Tribune building. Uh, you know, not unlike the Hollywood Walk of Fame where, you know, people could walk on it, you know, or, or whatever. And every year they would induct more people into this WGN Walk of Fame and it would be in the sidewalk in front of the Tribune building. OK. And I was lucky enough in 2017 uh, to be inducted and I was beside myself and um, I was incredibly thrilled because they put my plaque in the sidewalk next to Roy Leonard's oh, and Roy. Yeah. Roy was the reason why I got into, you know, I ever had a career, I ever had a career anyway. He was your mentor. Um, without question. Uh, you know, I mean, seriously, without him, I'd have, I would have nothing. And, and he was just, he was not only, you know, an, un, an, an unbelievable broadcaster of endless talent, but he was also one of the nicest men yeah. uh, that you could ever possibly meet. And yeah, I don't know what he saw in me. I have no idea what he saw in some 19 year old schmuck. Um, but he took me under his wing. He, and the reason why I was a regular on his show was because, and anyway, so years and years and years later after this, after Roy died and I wish he was there, uh, when I got inducted, but I was inducted into the walk of fame and it was great. And all the plaques were out there right in front of, uh, you know, the tribune, uh, building there right on, on pioneer court. Mine was right in front of the showcase studio. So if I were ever, if I was ever in the glass showcase studio, I could actually look out and watch John Cass die cigarettes out on my, uh, <laughs> on my, on cigarettes or out. Rick Hogan <laughs> or Rick Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rick. But anyway, um, and I, no, I'm not kidding. I saw John Cass smoke a cigarette and stamp it out on my face, <laughs> on my name. I'm not, I'm not making that up. That's absolutely uh. true. So anyway, uh, so it was really nice. I thought it was a nice gesture and really cool. And then, of course, obviously, you know, the Tribune building was purchased and, you know, they were going to change it and it's going to be condos and blah, blah, blah. And WGN had to move. And that's when we went across the river to 303 Wacker. And uh, nobody knew what was going to happen to the Walk of Fame. Uh, to the, you know, to the, and, and so everybody was just like, OK, well, what are we going to do with these plaques? They're already in. Um, and they, they did one more ceremony after that. Uh, uh, I, I think John Williams got inducted uh, the year after or something like that. Um, and, but then, you know, once the, 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 the people, and I use that term loosely, the people who now own the company, yeah. um, <laughs> they decided that it was just a stupid idea. They didn't want to do it anymore. Just forget about it. You know, uh, 
and whatever. So they took the plaques, uh, you know, from where they were supposed to be because, you know, the, the, the Tribune building was not demolished, but they did major renovations and they knocked out walls and they knocked out the sidewalk. Yeah. And so obviously those plaques that were embedded in the sidewalk in front of the Tribune building, you know, were not part of that. So they were shipped off someplace and then they said, OK, well, we'll put them where the set where the um, in Elk Grove Village uh, and by the village transmitter, is, uh, right? By the transmitter, exactly. So it's right by where the WGN transmitter is located. And they kind of <laughs> stuck them in the ground, and somebody took a picture of them, and it literally looked like a graveyard. <laughs> it, it, did. It, it did. It it literally looked like we were all dead, you know, like all of the – and, you know, some some <laughs> actually some of the people who have the plaques have passed away. Right. right but right. but not all of us did. <laughs> and so, you know, they it, so the, this picture of all of these plaques stuck in the grass, and it looked like it was unkempt. And it yes. really looked like it, it looked like a graveyard. And, and so uh, Dean Richards posted the picture because Dean's got one, obviously. Yeah. And so Dean Richards posted this picture on social media and and then Kathy O'Malley saw it and she posted it, too. And then immediately and then I posted it and the people started posting it. But then immediately they were taken down because I, I don't think, you know, the people in charge like the idea that this was something that happened on their watch that these right these were, they were embarrassed they completely embarrassed and they should have been yes and absolutely so, so, so they took the so basically they ended up in the ground in front of the transmitter it looked like a it looked like a terribly kept up graveyard and everybody who had one appeared to be dead we all were dead <laughs> um and so then they had to do something about it they were just going to ignore it but then when it got out in the press and feeder put it in his column right and, and and then suddenly they had to actually deal with it and they had to put out a press release and blah 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 that's when i was contacted by you know the people at gn saying hey we've got your plaque if you want it we'll mail it to you and so gotcha. you know it was once it was once in hollowed ground it was once a place where john cast would spit <laughs> on it um and now it's in my kitchen so well, uh well that whole graveyard thing nice little metaphor for radio yeah, oh my that, god that's yeah true. i mean it could seriously it could not i mean it, that happened i think that happened about six months after i got canned <laughs> six or seven months after i got canned and i was like well this seems completely <laughs> apropos it does. this completely seems completely apropos uh to to the way that that station is going and the way that they treat you know the heritage of the station itself so well yeah. you, you know uh you mentioned you got canned uh, it was like 2020 right when you got let go i got i got canned uh uh let's see september 4th 2020 not that i remember it right? <laughs> well that was a good year 2020 oh right? boy oh it's oh, fantastic here i got i got canned ironically enough on labor day weekend <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh but the uh the rumors started about you uh shortly thereafter because people send me these questions they think i know i think think i know every person in the business which i don't uh, right. you, you know i have never met personally um but uh people thought i would know they were they thought well what what happened to nick where where is he and i heard things like you had moved to new york that you were in jail, that you were on tour as a Red Fox impersonator. <laughs> I mean, so so what is the story? Where have you been the last uh, the last year uh, and a half? Well, let me just say that it uh, when I got fired, it was not uh, I. It was it was a very traumatic thing. Yeah, I bet. Um, thirty five years. With, yes, I was with WGN for thirty five years. I hosted a radio show. Um, for over 20 something years since 1998 was when I really started doing the overnights and the weekends and stuff. And 
WGN had been a part of my life for 35 years right. um, and a big part of my life. Well, and, even, um, longer, even longer because you listened to it for so long. Yeah. Too, right? I mean, listen to it before before Roy brought me in. I listened to it ever since I was, a, yeah, right. a, a, you know, a little kid. And so, you know, being a part of that station for as long as I did and actually working for the station and being, you know, representative of WGN for 35 years to suddenly have that taken away from me, not even face to face. You know, uh, this was a phone call I received um, and it was like a five minute phone call. Uh, that I received that said that basically, you know, my 35 years with WGN are over. Um, And so I get this phone call in the middle of the day. This was like after I had worked and it was, they called me at nine o'clock in the morning. So I'd been asleep for maybe two hours Mm -hmm. and I kind of thought I dreamt it. Like I got off the phone and then, and so, 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 you know, as I mentioned to you guys uh, earlier, uh, I am a recovering alcoholic and I've, I've shared that with my listeners. That's another thing. Another reason why, you know, we were talking about being intimate in the middle of the night when having listeners who are, are listening with you. Uh, I never lied to my listeners. Um, there was a period of time where I had, I had I had an issue and I was off the air for about a month and a half. And then I came back and I had been sober from that point on. Um, and I shared that with the audience uh, right. because, it, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to go on, the, you know, the, the, you know, the station and lie. Well, and I shared it, that with my audience. It's what makes you a three dimensional person as part of their life i mean that's you yeah. have to do that if you want to yeah. if you want to get that connection exactly so i you know I, I i talked about it i talked about my alcoholism and my struggle with it we would you know have guests on you know to talk about certain things in that in that you know regard and there were people who uh, i am incredibly honored to have they they say that i helped them uh, that's, you know, that my story was something that got them to maybe quit drinking or anything like that. So it was something that I was, that I shared with the audience. And so, yes, I did, I, I did have an issue with drinking when I got fired, I had a relapse. Um, and, uh, and so and not, I don't think it was surprising cause it's a very traumatic event. Sure. And I, since I haven't, I haven't had a drink in, well, it'll be, it is a year and a half since I've had a, I've had a drink. Um, but I did jump back into it. It was just, you know, I was, I felt hopeless 35 years, this whole thing taken from me and I had a relapse and this happens from time to time. Um, and so it was a bad period of time. I ended up in the hospital. Um, and, uh, and so it took me a while to, to get my footing again. And it wasn't until right around the, uh, right around last year ish, you know, uh, around a year after the whole thing happened, um, uh, where I was like, okay, I'm going to get back on, into this and I'm going to start doing it again. But I had been laying low. I had been recovering not only from, you know, this traumatic event in my life, but also getting back on my feet and, and getting back into it. And, and not and on top of that, um, you know, the pandemic didn't help. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, and this is all happening during a pandemic. I have two, my parents, uh, thank God are both alive. Um, you know, my father is 80, my mother is in her late seventies. They both have pre-existing conditions. Yeah. Um, you know, my mother's diabetic. My father has a heart condition. My father, by the way, who one of the regular features on my show every more, every Monday morning, my dad would call my show and tell a joke. <laughs> Um, because my dad's my dad's been telling jokes his whole life and they're not some of them really suck but they're awesome because uh-huh. they're my dad yeah they're dad and, jokes by the way we're bringing that segment back on my podcast though, great. Back on podcast. great but anyway uh so in addition to dealing with the fact that i had been canned and fallen off the wagon and trying to get my health in order um all of this stuff was happening during a pandemic before there was a vaccine right um and before my parents had access to it um, and so I was dealing with that. Um, and then finally, like, you know, getting, getting all that stuff 
they're okay and I was okay before I would pursue anything. Right. So that's mostly what happened. I, it, it took me a long time to recover from the shock. Um, it, physically, it took me a while and mentally to get back on my feet. And I wanted to make sure my parents were okay, you know, uh, because I'm an only child. That's And I'm pretty much all they've got and I'm all they've got and they're all I've got. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that they were okay and safe in this whole pandemic thing. And my dad, you know, works three, four nights a week at Jewel just to keep busy. Yeah. And, you know, he loves it. And and yet, you know, he's working at Jewel and pre-vaccine. I'm worried about my dad, you know, working at a grocery store with a mask on and gloves. But that's not, you know. Right. So I I wanted to make sure that, that at least that that was something that I really didn't have to worry about so I could concentrate on getting my ass back out there. So it took a while. I was basically laying low, recovering and making sure everything personally was okay for me to jump back into this. Gotcha. So you, were, and, so you weren't a Red Fox So we can put the Red Fox rumor to, <laughs> to bed right now. Um, yeah, let me tell you something, though. If I had an offer, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've heard you're a Red Fox impersonation. Uh, well, thank you very much. It's actually <laughs> quite good. My, my, my favorite is, one of my, cause, I mean, Sanford and Son is one of my, the greatest shows yeah, of all time. Sure, in right. fact, I'm looking right now in my apartment I'm looking at a Red Fox pillow that I have on my rocking chair. Uh, and, I'm, oh. and I'm not kidding. Yeah, I'm not kidding. So, but anyway, no, no, Red Fox is just one of my, one of my heroes. And my favorite uh, was, the, my favorite line of his uh, was, uh, you know, he would always insult Ann Astor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there was a moment in the, in one of the episodes of the show where he thinks Ann Astor is at the door uh, and he, when he goes, welcome to my castle, your ugliness. Um, <laughs> but, but it, tur- it turns out to be his feet. <laughs> so, you know, wackiness ensues, but welcome to my castle, your ugliness <laughs> is my favorite. But yeah, I would have loved to have been a Red Fox impersonator. <laughs> Told Are you, you kidding me? You got the chops. Yeah. Well, you got no, the chops. I was just, I, no, I was just doing stuff like recovering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, when you have your contract dispute in July with Radio Misfits, that'll be a perfect <laughs> right. time for you to dust <laughs> off Red Fox. <laughs> right. That's exactly what I'll do. The Red Fox thing is always in the back burner. <laughs> right. Always. And you know what? And I think you should use that as a bargaining chip, too. Yeah. You know, with, with, with Ed. <laughs> right. You know, I can walk. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> See, that was the problem at GN. I didn't use the Red Fox bargaining chip. Yeah, you, you, we've met us too late, Nick, yeah. but we'll help yeah. you from here on in. <laughs> Thanks, man. Hold that thought. We have to take a break. Minutia Men Celebrity Interview will be right back. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. When Michelle and I were having some issues having babies, oh, I would have to Are you sure to- you want to share this? Sure, why not? So, so I would go to fertility clinics and certain body fluids of mine had to be examined. So those body fluids had to come out of my body somehow. <laughs> okay. I know where so, you're going with this one. Okay. Uh, yes. So go to a room and everybody knows what that room is for you know there's magazines there so you do what you're supposed to do right right exactly but then like okay what is the appropriate amount of time i need to wait in this room (laughs) because you go in there takes you 35 seconds (laughs) (laughs) tony lasano podcast and opi production on the radio misfits podcast network the nurse gave me a cup and i looked at her and i said that's gonna take me like six months to fill that up (laughs) RadioMisfits.com. And we're back. Well, we we welcome you to the Radio Misfits family. Uh, I love hearing you uh, again because, you know, I'm a big fan of your show, big fan of what you can do. Thanks, man. And you're going to be a great addition to this this network. When is the first episode dropping? Do we know? The first episode is, uh, well, you know, I mean, we're still, you know, at this point, it's, it's supposed to be. 
and again, I just want to make sure, you know, we want to make sure everything is, is right and ready to go. But uh, the first episode should drop on Tuesday, January 18th. Oh, okay. And yeah. my first guest, my first guest, uh, uh, and this is this was absolutely intentional. My first guest is Rich Coase. Oh, um, great. We've had him on this show. He's is, a great yeah, guy. Is, is Fen Gulli. And there's a, there are many reasons why I chose Rich to be the first guest on my first episode of my podcast. The um, one because he's Rich Coase and right. he's a legend, and he's Sven and he's a good friend and he's awesome and he's always a great guest um, and he's a, you know he's a national treasure as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Uh, two, the geniuses at GN banned him from WGN. Why? Oh wait, oh the, yeah, I think it's it's mostly because of me. Are you? Uh, is this for real? Oh no, no, it's absolutely real. It's absolutely real. Uh, the 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 brain trust just you know uh, there's one person in particular uh, was really pissed because I would talk about Sven Gulli and I would post on my Facebook page that I would watch I would be watching Sven Gulli uh, and this was not this person was not happy about that because uh, the people that run WGN also run Antenna TV and Me TV which is Sven Gulli's network, is a direct competition. Oh, for God's sakes. Wow. So, no, I know. And yeah, exactly. Oh, for God's sakes yeah. is exactly the response that you should have. And so they were, you know, the bosses were pissed at me. Uh, one boss in particular was pissed at me because I would post on my Facebook page that I was watching Sven Gulli and that I would have Sven Gulli on my show. So he made a statement. He made, he put out a statement, a, a press release almost, saying that Sven Gulli was no longer welcome on WGN. <sighs> That he he, I'm not kidding. I'm not. This is not a joke. This is like for real. This this idiot actually. I miss said the this. business so much. Yeah, right. I oh, miss it is it so unbelievable? Much. It's stunning. <laughs> but yeah, so he he banned Sven Gulli. Uh, you can no longer have Rich Coz or Sven Gulli on any show on WGN, and he particularly pointed pointed at me in my direction as to I was the reason why. So so Sven was no longer is still to this day not allowed to be on wgn ridiculous Um, which is the main reason why i'm having him as my first guest on my podcast because not only is he awesome but it's a huge screw you to the to the to the moron who decided that svengoolie should be banned from wgn I love it. So, a perfect yeah. first guest. Well, you're never exactly. banned. You're never banned from our show. Never, friend. never. Even though I'm dibs. Even yeah. though I'm yeah. dibs. <laughs> well, but again, you're the nice dibs. But we can uh, interview right. you while you're sitting out on the street that's in front right. of Dave's house. Right. Exactly. Hey, I'm curious. By the way, yeah. since we're neighbors, yeah. have you heard? Have you heard the blue line at all while we've been talking? Uh, I'm in Mount Prospect right now. So oh, okay, but uh, oh, no, I'm saying from my apartment. Have you oh, heard? Because <laughs> the, because because the blue line literally passes my apartment uh, uh, eighty five thousand times a day, so, and I was wondering if you were able to hear so the L. The ding ding, doors closing. I got the ding ding. I got the L. I got the whole thing. But you know what? The, the amazing thing is, uh, it doesn't bother me because the first eighteen years of my life, I spent in the house right next to the Brown Line stop on Addison. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, that's so the L going by. That's like comfort food to me. Yeah, but right. I didn't know what I didn't know whether you guys heard it or not. So, <laughs> nope, not this time. Okay, okay, cool. But when you're on next Tuesday with us, by yeah. the way, this is a right. <laughs> yeah, again, read the fine print. Read the. Uh, but the, but I, gotta, I gotta I gotta learn to read these contracts. <laughs> I really do. All right, but, I'll be able to. Sho- I'll be I'll, I'll be over to shovel. That'd be great. That's that's great. Yeah, and, be, and thanks, Nick, <laughs> for being on the show. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. All right. All right. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank Have you. a good one. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. I mean, can't you tell just by listening to this okay. interview that it's gonna be it's gonna be a great podcast. It's gonna be a great podcast. And it, kids out there, if you're thinking about going into radio, 
<laughs> just don't okay just, just don't send those resumes out <laughs> special thanks to our executive producer tony lasana with opishows.com opi is hippo backwards o-p-p-i-h shows.com we're distributed by ed silla with radio misfits great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radio misfits.com and we'll be back again soon with another Minutiaman Celebrity Interview. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Quick, Lou, what's your favorite car color? I'd say Lou likes blue. Lou likes blue? Eh, blue's pretty good, but really, I prefer silver. But regardless of our color preferences, when it comes to cars, you'll never know what you'll hear on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. I'm Lou Costable. Join us for the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Silver. Really? Silver? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.